This morning, we are starting a brand new message series uh, that will take us through the Thanksgiving season. We are calling it 21 Days of Feasting. 21 Days of Feasting. And the title of this series, it's obviously like a play on words. We have 21 Days of Fasting that's talked about in the Bible, and we've talked about that in the past. Uh, But understand this, most of the Bible was written to and about the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And one of the most significant pieces to being a Jewish person was following and celebrating the Jewish feasts and festivals. And uh, for us, we don't really talk about this in the same type of way, but uh, there are seven Jewish feasts throughout the year. And the Jewish feasts, which for example, are things like the Passover and the Feast of Pentecost and the Tabernacles. And there are seven of these, but these Jewish feasts were all set up as feasts of remembrance on the Jewish calendar, where the people would gather together with their families, uh, gather together with their communities for a day or even up to a seven-day feast at some point to remember what God had done. And some of you are trying to read that stuff, but you're not really even supposed to be able to read it, and that's okay. It's just for effect, okay? Uh, Now, we do kind of similar things with this, don't we? We celebrate birthdays and anniversaries, and we're remembering significant events that happened in our past. We we celebrate, we have holidays that where we remember the 4th of July, where we remember Remember that, and Thanksgiving. In fact, Veterans Day is a part of that. It's a it's a holiday of remembrance, and we talked about that uh, just a moment ago. It's about remembering, and so I say all of that just to say, 21 days of feasting. What is that about? It is it is us as a church and as individual families setting aside 21 days for remembering and for being grateful and for being content with what we have. Now, we just spent six entire weeks, if you have not been around, on the topic of mental health. We talked about depression and we talked about anxiety. Uh, If you missed any of those messages, you can find all those on our website. Super helpful. In fact, I walked through the doors today and multiple people just said that was those were so helpful. Thank you for talking about that. Okay, that's been the last six weeks. Why do I bring that up? As I begin to study gratitude uh, from a psychology perspective, uh, alongside some of the Bible stuff, where it's, it's all throughout the Bible, by the way, and we're going to see some of that. But in psychology, gratitude is linked with mental health all over the place. And it's, it's pretty fascinating. In fact, one particular study caught my attention. Check this out. Uh, a psychology research company that is pretty well known, they took 293 college students on a campus, all of whom were seeking counseling services of some sort. They split them up into three groups. Okay, so we basically have 300 people, college students split up into three groups, and they all were going to see a counselor. Uh, the first group, they asked to write a letter each week expressing their gratitude to somebody. That's all that, that was their homework. Write a letter expressing gratitude to somebody. The second group, they asked to write their deepest thoughts and feelings about the stressful experience that, this, that they have went through in their life. And the third group, they didn't, they didn't ask them to write anything. All right, and then they just uh, came in at the four-week mark and at the 12-week mark after doing this stuff, and they kind of just did an assessment on the whole thing. And I I know you already know what is happening, what the answer is going to be to this whole entire thing, because all the smart people come to this service, right? Like, you know that, (laughs) all right? But uh, at the four-week mark and at the 12... 
uh, week mark, their conclusion, the simple act of taking once a week to write a letter of gratitude to someone significantly impacted and increased their mental health situation. Interesting, huh? Okay? Uh, gratitude can be a powerful, powerful thing, and I believe that this is elevated when God is in the picture. Okay? And at the end of the service today, we are going to present to you a strategic plan for you and your family. You don't have to do this, okay? but it's basically 21 days of this is what you can do with your family uh, in order to just kind of make this significant, this season significant. All right, that's enough of an introduction. Please stand with me all over this place, and let's read uh, Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse number 18. I'm going to read this together. I love this stuff, and I could, about, could not be more excited to share with you uh, what we have in, like what we have today. This is going to be, um, I believe God is really in this and is going to do something. And so here we go, Lamentations 3, verse 18. It says this, So I say, my splendor is gone in all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I, will, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Some of you know that old song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That's, this is where that comes from. Let's pray. God, we just kind of take a deep breath, and we focus all together, and just, we just invite you into this moment. We know that you are already here, but we also just know that you show yourself in significant ways, in different ways, at different times. And we pray that as we open up the very word of God today, that Holy Spirit, you would speak and encourage and show us things and challenge us. And God, we truly give this to you. Help me and use me. Don't let this be my thoughts and all of that. God, we really want to hear from you, and so we pray that that would happen. We give this to you, Lord. In your name, we ask. Amen. Amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Hey, you know what? I forgot to say this earlier, but I want to say it now, and we might have to, uh, I'm sorry if you're watching this online. This is going to be kind of a, a messy thing right now, but um, over the past month, we have had a little issue here at our church, and that is that our first service has been over double the size of our second service. Uh, and, and today, we're ex- this is down from where it's been because we have some hunters all over the place that are gone, okay? And so I, I just want to say, like, first of all, if you've parked on the grass and on the street and all of that in the first service, I'm sorry about that. We're working on it. We're trying to figure some things out. Here's the, here's the start of the answer, though. For some of us here who are going to the first service, uh, we would just love it if you would switch, okay? I know the Vikings play and whatever and all that stuff, uh, but it, maybe there's some of you who were like, it's not a big deal what service you go to, and we just want to ask you, go to the second service if you can, especially as we get into the holiday season. Um, we, we've had two different times where we've been told by some of our parking lot teams that people have driven in and not been able to park anywhere, and driven out and left. And that's not a good thing, right? You know, and so we can say they need to just suck it up and park on the street, or we can just say, we got a problem, we should probably figure something out. So uh, just thanks for that. All right, where was I? I don't know. Gratitude. Okay. 
If I, had a, if I had a title for this morning, and I'm typically not really a title guy, but if I did, it would be this. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. See what I did there? Kind of like that. Uh, but listen, don't miss this. As people, we often remember the things we should forget, and we forget the things we should remember. Don't we? We, we remember the things we should forget, and we forget the things to remember. And I'm just going to let that sink in for just a moment, but this morning is about remembering. Um, in, in fact, to just sort of give you the answer to the question that you haven't even asked yet, uh, a life rooted in gratitude remembers the right things. Remembers the right things. And I say rooted in gratitude. I use that word here on purpose because I want you to see and think about this word gratitude over the next few weeks as more than just saying thank you to somebody because they did something nice to you or gave you something, right? Like you go, someone holds the door for you and you're like, thank you. That's, that's not really gratitude. That's more just being polite. Let's just be honest about this. The gratitude that we are talking about is different. It is this deep down, the way that we see the world thing. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're looking for. Uh, we... And that is very, very possible. The lens, it's the lens in which we view what we have and what we don't have. And it's the lens in which we view the life that we have, what God has done, and all of those types of things. So we're talking about something very different than someone gave you a Christmas present and you say, thanks, Grandma, that was nice, thank you. Okay, this is different. Nod your head if you're with me so far on any of this, okay? And the argument I want to make today is that a life rooted in, a, a life that sees the world in that way is a life that remembers the right things. Now, let me show you this. A few moments ago, we read uh, from a book of the Bible called Lamentations. And um, I would probably say that a lot of us, many of us in this place, have never like, even heard that book. You don't even know what that is. You've never read that. The book of Lamentations, short little book, five chapters long, in the Old Testament. When I say Old Testament, that just means the part of the Bible that's written before Jesus was here. Okay, uh, Lamentations written by this prophet of Israel named Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet, and as, as much of his life and the stuff he wrote is him mourning for the people of Israel in different ways. 586 BC, history tells us that Jerusalem was overthrown in a nasty way by Babylon. Uh, this is outside of the Bible and in the Bible. Historically, this is what happens. It was a dark time for Israel. Many people died and many people were uh, exiled to a foreign land. You read the books of Daniel and Ezekiel and some of these books in the Old Testament, even Nehemiah, all are around this time. Um, okay, so what does all this have to do with remembering the right things? Well, we get to the middle of this book of Lamentations, which Lamentations is Jeremiah lamenting, is what that is. And right in the middle of this thing, he goes on this rant, in a way. Uh, and this rant starts with him remembering all the wrong things, and it ends with him remembering all the right things. And in this, we see a total attitude change, we see a total 
uh, change in just the way his perspective and the way he thinks. And there's so much we can learn from this, even though it's just a few verses long. And so let me show you this. Let's go back to where we, what we just read, starting in verse 18. So I say, okay, Jeremiah's right as he's lamenting of the nasty life and everything that's happened. My splendor is gone in all that I had hoped from the Lord. Now, verse 19, check this out. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. He remembers the bad stuff. He remembers that, the things that he went through, and the result was my soul is or was downcast within me. Now, let's pick apart some of these words. Uh, this was originally written in Hebrew, and so we have um, words that are translated into English is what we have. Some of these words can, as we look a little closer, can help shine some light on things. I remember my affliction is what he says. To remember is to keep something in your mind keep something in your mind. That's very simple, right? To keep something in your mind. Affliction here is a cause of great suffering. I keep in my mind the suffering in my past, is what he says. I keep in my mind the suffering from my past. I remember my wandering. The word wandering is to travel without any clear direction. Some of you are wandering today, and you're like, how did I get here? Okay, but that's okay. No, I'm just joking. But um, I keep in my mind the times in my past where I was just lost. I keep that. I remember those times. I remember my bitterness and my gal. Um, bitterness would be very toxic feelings that I have towards somebody, okay? Typically because of something that happened between the two of you. Maybe they did something, said something, whatever that looks like, and, you, and we carry and we remember that, and bitterness is the feeling that comes from that. Um, gall is just this nasty stuff that comes out of your liver that helps you digest stuff, okay? That's if we're just going word by word here, okay? Um, but the idea here, I remember the nasty emotions and feelings that I have towards other people, I remember all of that, my afflictions, my wanderings, my bitterness. I keep all of that in my mind. Like, so we could say it this way, the lens in which my mind views the world is tied to that stuff. It's tied to that. Now, Jeremiah here is just being super honest. Uh, he's ranting to God a little bit. And we saw that in the book, like as, as we l looked at the life of Elijah last week, and the, you know, we saw him being so raw with God, a super healthy thing to do. But here he's lamenting in his writing. I remember all the junk that happened to me. I remember all of that. I remember the junk that I went through and all the people that hurt me and all of that. I remember that. And oh, and by the way, my splendor is all gone. And my soul is downcast within me. The word splendor in this context defined as brilliant, radiant beauty is the word splendor. The author is saying, I remember all of this junk from my past. It's the, the lens I view the world through. And all that is beautiful in life is gone with that. My soul is downcast. The word soul here is defined as the part of the person that thinks, feels, wills, and desires. I like to just say, like, it's the 
deep down inside of all of us. The word downcast literally like is to bend over. Think fetal position is kind of what this is. The deepest part of who you are will be kind of broken is what this is, not the way that it should be filled with grief and sorrow and nastiness, okay? Um, Gratitude starts with us remembering the right things. And here we have a picture of a man remembering the wrong things. And it seems to be connected with a life that has lost its beauty and a life where the soul is downcast. The life is not the way that it should be. My splendor is gone. All that I had hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Now we get to verse 21, and it's like Jeremiah's like going this way, and all of a sudden he's just like, whoop, and he goes this way. That was pretty cool. You liked that, didn't you? Yeah, that was good. Whoop. Okay, but verse 21, he goes a totally different direction with this entire thing, and it's like, what just happened? And he writes, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In fact, he turns from like talking about all of this, and now all of a sudden in one phrase, he he just shows great is your faithfulness. Like it's not great as God's faithfulness, it's great as like he switches and goes straight up with where he's going with this. Call to mind, this phrase in this spot defined as this, to recall knowledge uh, or to remember. See that? To remember. I remembered all the toxic stuff. My splendor is gone. My soul is downcast. Yet, I recall, yet I remember something else. I call this to my mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Because of the Lord's great love, I have hope. His compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, listen to me. We often remember the things we should forget, and we forget the things we should remember. We remember our afflictions, We remember like our wanderings. We remember the bitterness. We remember what somebody did to us. All of those things. And we begin to view like through this lens where that is the way we view the world. Remembering all of that type of stuff. And we forget the compassion and the faithfulness and the incredible love of our God. See, we remember the times when things fell apart in our lives, don't we? We remember like that stuff, but we forget the growth that came from that. We remember what a person did to us, but we often forget the times when we were at fault and we were forgiven even though we didn't deserve it. You hear that? Like we remember that our home isn't as big as our neighbor's, but we forget that we are blessed beyond measure and have more in this world than we could ever need. We remember the times when we think God let us down and didn't answer our prayers, but we forget the incredible things that he has done if we want to live with this deep down, overflowing life viewed through the lens of gratitude. It starts by learning to remember the right things. Now that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. In fact, I was talking to someone 
and I was, I was looking at this, and they just said, you know, I was reading something the other day, and it just said, it said our minds default towards the negative, and we have to work to move them towards the positive. Okay, so um, starts by learning to remember the right things. Let me quickly remind you of two things that you should remember. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Wow, that's pretty good. Most of us are ready. Some of you are like, I'm not saying anything in church out loud ever, and I'm just going to sit here. Uh, that's okay. Number one, number one, remember that life is a gift. Remember that life is a gift. That life that you are living, that breath that you, that you just took is a gift. Uh, Psalm 139, check this out. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You were masterfully created by God, fearfully and wonderfully made, woven together. God knew you before you were even formed. That's what the psalmist says. And it's easy for us to forget that stuff. It's easy for us to fall into this trap of negative thinking, negative thinking about life, negative thinking about what you have and what you don't have, negative thinking about specific events in your past and things. But the reality of the entire situation is your life is a gift. It's a gift. And we don't treat it like that, and we don't think of it that way, but the life that you have and the life you are living is a beautiful, incredible gift. The breath that you just took is a gift, and you just took another one, hopefully, okay? It's a gift. It's a gift. Understand that. Hold on to that. Remember that, that everything I have is a gift, that there are places around the world that don't have anything. There are people around the world trying to survive on a dollar a day for their family. And here, we're, we're here saying, like, I don't have enough and I can't, everyone has so much more than me. Understand where you live is a gift. If you have a car in your family, you are part of the wealthiest 11% of the 8 billion people that live on this world. If you have two cars in your family, you are the wealthiest 4% of the world, statistically. And we look around and we say, they have so much more than me, and look, I wish that I had that. And we view this life through this negative lens when 96% of the world would look at you and say, that person is stinking rich. Your life is a gift. Everything you have is a gift. That breath you took is just a gift. It's not by chance. It's not something that just happened. God knew you. And I'm telling you, there is this deep, beautiful, incredible thing that happens when we begin to approach life through the lens of life is a gift. Number two, and this will be our last point for this part. Number two, remember that Jesus died in our place. And as Christians, like this, you know, maybe you're here for the first time and this sounds like 
some of the most churchy things we could ever say, but like as Christians, this statement should be ingrained deep down inside of us. It should come to our minds and we should remember, but it's so easy to forget the price that Jesus paid for you and what that means. First Peter 3.18, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Christ suffered the righteous for the unrighteous. He did nothing wrong, lived a perfect life, and here we are living a mess of a life Every one of us. The Bible says there is no one righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the perfect died for the unperfect so that we could be brought to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The big theological way of saying this is the phrase substitutional atonement. Write that down. You're like, that weird words, okay? Substitutional atonement. It just means our punishment was taken from us and placed on Jesus, on the cross. He was our substitute. He paid the price. He went through horrible, horrendous things, physical things, terrible things, so that we could be made right with God. This is the root of what it means to be a follower of Christ, this is what being a Christian is all about, that we, we hang on to this incredible thing that Jesus did, and the Bible says for all who put their faith in him and what he did, that you can be saved. This is, that's the scripture words of what that looks like. But we take this so lightly, and we go through, the, through our life like just forgetting some of this type of stuff, uh, like... We've got to do better remembering that Jesus took our place. Jesus took our place. Uh, it's a significant to living a life rooted in gratitude. Life is a gift. And remember that Jesus died when we didn't for us in our place. Okay, so how do we learn to remember this stuff? That's just the question that we're answering kind of as we get ready to be done. Uh, we remember through tradition, this is the Jewish people, uh, festivals and feasts, they have seven of them and all sorts of little ones and things. Passover to remember God set them free from slavery in Egypt. Pentecost to remember God giving them the law on the mount with Moses. They have the festival of har harvest, which is remembering that God, it's God who provides for them. They have all of these. Uh, we, can, we can do stuff like that in different ways throughout our year. We, may, we don't have to do the Jewish stuff, but we have some of it. We have Christmas and we have Easter and we have some of these things where we pause for a moment and we remember. And we can set things in our calendar that make that happen, okay? Um, we can also be purposeful about eating meals together. Uh, we can, we'll talk about that more in a moment. But be purposeful about your calendar. Use those moments throughout the year and throughout your day to remember. It's a very biblical thing to do that. We remember through gathering together as a church. And this is why um, in our culture, how the, the, the average born-again Christian uh, goes to church now 1.4 times a month. That's continued to go down over the past few decades. People who say, I'm a born-again Christian, they only go to church 1.4 times a month. 
uh, and, and, but going to church, this biblical, beautiful moment where we gather together and we pray and we take communion and we uh, remember things. Um, we also remember through writing things down. And people, some of you like journal. That's such a good thing to do. It's so beautiful. You can write down, remember things that matter. Like we often f- remember the things we should forget and we forget the things we should remember. But gratitude really begins with remembering the right things, remembering that life is a gift, remembering that Jesus gave his life in our place. Now, let me get super practical for a moment. Can you throw me that thing? That one right there. I meant to have it up here. Thanks, Mitch. Okay, on your way out today, we have this beautiful little packet thing that we've put together. Um, it, has a, it has 21 cards on it. It's really cool. You came to church and you get free stuff. This is so fun. Yeah. All right. They're one of those churches trying to, whatever. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of these per family, so we don't have enough for everybody. It's just for your family. And what we have is a couple things. We have a gratitude checklist, just a thing, things for the next 21 days that you can do, and then cards for every single day. So let me explain this to you really quick. Go ahead and put that next slide up here for me the little checklist one. There it is. And so here's what the checklist is going to look like for you. Uh, And so we have a couple things on this. First, a a Bible reading plan. Uh, We have a Bible reading plan that we have found, 21 Days of Gratitude. What's it called? Uh, Cultivating a Grateful Heart. And that's an app that you can find. It's called YouVersion. It's the Bible app is what it is. And you can find that. It's pretty simple. If you just like Google that, if, if that's not your thing and you're like, I don't even have a Google machine, if that's the way that you're talking, come help, come, we'll help you. Come find us and we'll figure that out, okay? All right, uh, but, but we want, th- this is basically this. It is every single day taking 15 minutes or 20 minutes reading a little devotional that has to do with gratitude, reading scripture that has to do with that every single day. And so it's a simple thing. We want everyone to do that if, it, you know, uh, and so this is, we can help you find that if you need to. The second part, have intentional meals. And I'm so excited about this part. Do you know that the family meal is something that is dying? It is not what it once was. How many of you grew up in a family that like you ate together 40 years ago or whatever and we had family dinner and that was just what we did? Uh, now things are so messy, aren't they? And it's so hard to do that for different reasons, work schedules, school stuff, and all of that. What we want you to do over the next 21 days is to figure out how to purposely prioritize having meals together with your family. Or if you live alone, we want you to prioritize making your meal a little bit spiritual in, uh, in nature. And, I, and I'll say this, the Jewish people, for the Jewish people in the Bible, uh, the meal was this sacred moment. It was a spiritual thing. In fact, the Hebrew word for altar is the same word as the Hebrew word for table. And so they literally would gather together around, in a way, an altar, and they had very spiritual things that they would do that was a part of their meal, from how they prepared the food to, you know, and some of it even went overboard, and we see Jesus saying, you guys are not doing this for the right way. But the idea, the foundation of the Jewish meal was this spiritual event. God is my provider. God has given us food. Food sustains me. And so everything is about that. And so the food, like, it's a big deal. We want you to, to whether that is once a week, twice a week, 
six times a week, whatever your schedule allows, I want to ask you to plan ahead a dinner meal or a lunch meal where you and your family gather together and you, uh, or by yourself, you make this a very different type of event for you, okay? We're not rushing to get one place to the other. And, and I know some of us have basketball and different things and all sorts of different sports and different things, work schedules, and this makes it hard. Schedule this ahead of time. And then here's what we want this to look like, okay? Um, and that's what these cards are for. Every time you gather together, there is a, you know, there's a little thing that says how to use this, how to use these cards. I mean, we made this so that uh, everyone can figure this out. Uh, and we want, we have a prayer that we want you to pray before each meal. Um, and you're saying, you're like, you like scripted out a prayer for us? Well, in, in the Bible, the Jewish people have a famous thing called the Shema. It was something they prayed every single day. It was a super powerful moment for them. And so we've kind of guided you with just some of those types of things. Uh, so we pray before the meal, and then there's a card for every single day that just has some questions on it. And so you just, uh, the question, how is God working in your life right now? And we take time to just answer that. If you're all by yourself, take a journal, and we want you to answer that question and just write that down uh, for an answer. But otherwise, if you have a family, you can do that type of stuff. And, and then we end kind of with praying together in a special way, too. And so it's just a way to make the family dinner something a little bit more than it has been. Okay, the third part, have a meal with one or two other families over the next 21 days. For some of us, this is crazy talk, all right? But I'm so introverted and all these things, okay? I, I, I hear you. I understand some of that stuff, and I didn't mean to make fun of you right there if it came out that way. Uh, but like, there's something about gathering together with another family. And so over the next 21 days, we want you to be purposeful. Invite someone over to your home. Go to someone else's home. Do that a couple times. Uh, make that happen. Figure out what that looks like. And when you do that, have it be something different and focused uh, on God and gratitude in a little bit of a different way. Uh, the next one, have a gratitude journal. Some of you, there ain't nothing I can do to convince you to do this, and that's okay. All right, but there's something beautiful about writing some stuff down and just saying, God, I am so grateful. God, I'm so grateful. And uh, we saw that in some of the statistics and, and studies that they did. Uh, try to do that for the next 21 days. Try that. Um, we want you to take communion. And some of us are like, wait, I'm not a priest. Uh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, you're just taking items that um, symbolize the body and the blood of Jesus. And you're just saying, Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We remember what you did. And you take that together, you pray together. Do that with your family or do that all by yourself a couple times as we do that, okay? Um, and then the last one, we have a Thanksgiving service that we have planned. November 27th, that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It's only 30 minutes long. And then we're going to have a meal together, like a feast, a potluck. That's going to be awesome. And so we're just going to gather together at 5.30, November 27th. For, for 30 minutes, we're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to just spend some time in prayer and reflection. Not a long time. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a meal together and just kind of celebrate all of that stuff. And so that is a simple little plan to help the next 21 days be different for you and your family. But it's up to you. We can't make you do anything, and that's not how it should be. But if you are looking for a way to make this Thanksgiving season different and deeper, 
we have some ways. And so on the little tables as you walk out, there's little packets that you can grab. Grab one per family, otherwise we're not going to have enough for everybody. But uh, music team, will you please come? Let's kind of piece this all together, and then we'll be done today. So I say, my splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The reality of the situation some of us in this place are, are focusing on and remembering the wrong things. You're remembering the wrong things. And you are viewing life through this lens of that stuff. And I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying that this is just flip a switch because, I mean, Jeremiah makes it sound like, well, I just call to mind and then it changes everything. That this is a process and this is difficult and this is messy. But for some of us, understand the splendor feels like it's gone from your life. And it could very well just be because you are remembering and viewing life through this lens of all that junk. And gratitude, this, this deep down beautiful life that is rooted in gratitude for what God has done and the life, the gift that we have been given and all of that type of stuff. It just, it begins by us learning to remember the right, the right things, the right things. And we remember the right things. There's a deep down soul level thing that begins to happen. And we respond, we respond with worship. And we respond with praise. We respond of telling others of his wonders, the scripture says. And understand, doing 21 days of gratitude and 21 days of feasting, this is not the final answer that's going to just like fix everything in your life. You know this. This is, this is, like, this is not supposed to be a temporary thing that you check a box off. The hope is that as we begin to feel equipped and motivated and we're purposeful about filling our lives with things that help us to remember the right things, that, that things can change. Please stand with me all over this place. God, it can be so hard for us to remember the right things. And God, I pray, I pray in this moment, even right now, as we are together in this place that we would just realize the impact that remembering can have for the negative and for the good. God, that if we fill our minds with the, the wrong things, that we will soon realize that our splendor is gone, that our soul is downcast within us. But if we can learn to fill our lives with the right things, then we begin to overflow with gratitude and things change. God, help us with this. This is not easy, but Lord, let us be fully aware, God, of this today. Lord, we truly give this to you, every part and every piece we do. And God, God, for someone in this place today who has never responded to your message, 
the message that you sent your son to die so that we could be forgiven and we could be free. For someone who has never accepted that and never truly realized that, God, Lord, I pray that today would be the day. In fact, if you are here today, maybe you heard me talk about that stuff earlier, Jesus dying for our sins and bringing us to God. And maybe you thought to yourself, I have never truly made that decision for myself. Listen, I'm not talking about have you been confirmed or baptized or you go to church. That's not what this is. There's a heart decision, a heart decision that comes and that you make where you say, yes, God, you are Lord. And thank you for sending Jesus for dying for me. I receive all of that and I put my trust in that. There's this beautiful moment that happens and maybe you're here today and you have never made that decision and with no one looking around, just eyes closed, heads bowed for a moment of privacy and reflection. If you're here today and you have never made that decision for yourself and you're saying, I wanna do that today, just quickly show me your hand. I just wanna pray for you. Is there anyone in this place that would say, yes, today is my day? If you're watching this behind a screen right now, you can respond to the message of Jesus for the very first time. It's a heart thing. But anyone else in this place that would say, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Just a moment longer. Anyone else that would just say, yes, that's me. All right, church, let's just pray together. Everyone in this place, just pray this with me. Like, these aren't magic words. Don't misunderstand this. This is a heart thing between you and God. But pray this together. Let's pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Come on, will you put your hands together? Let's just celebrate today.